Welcome to Putting the Real in Real Estate, the podcast about all things real estate, all things local, and all things life, where we hope to inform, entertain, and inspire. What's up, everybody? Glenn Hawkersmith here. Welcome in episode 17 of Putting the Real in Real Estate. As always, I thank you for taking time to join me today. And uh, I'm sitting here with Mr. John Worley. You may remember John. He was on the podcast, oh, I guess about a year ago. And uh, he had just made a transition from the corporate world, working for L'Oreal, to um, working for a local general contractor to get property services. And uh, he was doing some marketing and sales for them. And John has recently made yet another transition in his career. And we're going to speak to him about that, kind of catch up with him and talk about this crazy real estate market. John, you're still still with TGAP, I guess, on a part-time or as-needed basis. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, you know, running running marketing in a pandemic is definitely a difficult thing. I mean, you can't do in-person meetings. So it was just a natural progression with all of that happening for me to step back a little bit and um, invest some time in myself, which I did. Sure. So the really exciting thing that I really want to talk to you about today is you got your real estate license last year, last fall, and you started practicing real estate in the fall and you have kicked ass. So tell us a little bit about that. First of all, what motivated you to, to do that? And how's your experience been so far? So uh, first I have to stay, I have to say, you know, when I decided to go to real estate school, which it was always a part of the plan anyway, honestly, we do a, you know, Kyle and I do a, you know, fair amount of investments. And I just knew that it was something naturally that I would go into, honestly. Um, and, you know, Kyle owns the school. Um, it's an online school. It's called the Worley Real Estate School. And, you know, I wanted to go through it, wanted to experience it. And guys, I want to tell you, I haven't been in school since I was like in my early, early 20s. So for me going back to school and especially online school, because I'm a much more live in person um, type of guy, I it was for sure hard for me to get into in the beginning. Um, but once I got into it, you know, real estate, it, it actually fascinated me because real estate is such a, you know, it's such a big part of every single individual's life. There comes a point when every person buys a house and just being a part of that process, I think is what excited me the most and knowing that I'm the expert and I get to help people make those decisions, choose the house that they're going to forever live in. Um, you know, I, I was licensed. I took my exam, passed my state and national exam in July of last year. I wasn't able to really start practicing though until August because of our local, um, our local uh, real estate group or our, our association. I had to go through training with them to make sure I knew how to do all the things that I needed to do. So really started selling late August, early September, and between. Um, that point in December 31st, I closed seven deals. It was a little over a million. Um, you know, for, for me, it was a fast and furious three months, probably the best experiences I could have had in the beginning. Everything was pretty easy, knock on wood. Um, but you know, I've, I've, you know, enjoyed every single moment. My clients, 
are my favorite part. So getting to meet new friends, make, you know, help make their process the easiest it can be um, was the most exciting for me. So for those who aren't in real estate and might not understand this, to close seven deals in that shorter period of time when you just got into the business, that's phenomenal. I think I started in the business in November of 2017, and I didn't have my first closing until February, I believe, if I remember correctly. So to get in and and, and to get busy that fast and, and close that many transactions in, in such a short period of time is just really fantastic. So how, how did you do it? I mean, where did your business come from and how were you able to close that many deals in, in such a short period of time when you started? You know, um, the, most of the clients or the, ref, uh, most of the business that I picked up last year was through a couple of different things. Either number one, it was within my sphere of influence. So it was a friend or somebody who was looking to start that process or it came from open houses. Um, a lot of realtors hate doing open houses because, you know, they feel like it's a waste of two hours, but the way I approached every single weekend and, and by the way, guys, I worked every Saturday and Sunday doing open houses. One was new construction. One was a uh, traditional resale. And for me, it was making as many connections as possible. You know, it was always gracious. If other people had agents, I wouldn't, you know, step on their toes or try to get them as clients. But every opportunity that I met someone who didn't have an agent, I took it extremely seriously and, um, you know, followed up with them, checked in on them, made sure that their search, their process, everything was, was great. And that's where it came from, Glenn. Honestly, I mean, it's, that's how I gained my business is just through meeting as many people as possible. And I can attest to that. I've done an open house with, with John and he's absolutely, he, he does an absolutely wonderful job. Um, with clients and, and just talking to people and establishing a rapport and educating. You kind of have an educational background and that's, I can see that has carried over into your real estate business and, and working with buyers and you, you love working with buyers, correct? That is correct. Um, and I think Glenn, that's honestly where I'm still new right now. I think it's, you know, it's very natural to work with buyers. Um, it's a little bit easier to get buyer clients to work with, but, just as you said, my background is in education. So I'm all about creating the experience, but also about creating the education for the clients so that they are comfortable, you know, making offers on homes, understanding the process and making sure that they truly get what they need out of me as the realtor. So in speaking of working with buyers, we all know this market right now is just ridiculously crazy. It's just such an extreme seller's market. The inventory is lower than it's ever been. There are literally more agents than there are homes for sale. So what has been your experience here recently, especially this year, beginning January 1st, because you've gotten off to a great start already this year. So what's, what's been your experience um, and, and the biggest challenge that you've been presented with working with buyers right now? So, um, this year, I'm as, as you said, I'm off to a great start. Um, so last year in three months, I was able to get a million under contract, um, and closed, uh, currently either closed or under contract I have roughly about 1.6 to 1.7 million, um, for January, February. 
um, which is exciting. Um, but there was a lot of challenges, just as you said, this market is what people don't understand is that when you go into a seller's market, when it's extremely competitive as a, as a buyer, you have to be prepared to do things and to make decisions that you may not have to make in a traditional situation. It's not just sometimes about the, the money that you're offering on a home. It's also all the terms that you write. And, you know, that for me, really understanding my clients, really understanding what it is that they're concerned about, what they need, making sure their financial, you know, stability is in my mind and something I take very seriously. You know, that's that's been the biggest challenge. I mean, last year I would show houses and every now and then there would be an agent right before me or right after me. But literally every house that I showed this year, it posts that day. My clients go see it that night. And usually there are agents before me and after me. And sometimes there are agents there during the same time that I'm there. So it's an extremely competitive market for buyers. And honestly, Glenn, you know, the biggest challenge for me has been keeping my buyers spirits up, you know, um, it's, it's tough when you get beat multiple times, um, and you're offering really strong and just letting them know that, Hey, it's just not the right house. Like we'll find the right one. We'll find the right price, the right house, whatever it may be, but we can't give up. We just got to keep going after it, seeing houses, making offers, the more houses we see, the more offers that we make, the more opportunity that we have. Yeah, and it's it can be a real emotional roller coaster, not and not only for the client but for the agent as well. Because as an agent, you you know you're there to service your client and represent your client to the highest and best of your ability, and it's hard not to take it as a as a failure when you feel like you wrote a great offer that in any other market in the history of the world would have been a, a winning offer um and you lose out uh you know just as 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 a listing agent I've I had a list a uh, listing recently where we had six great offers and they were all over asking price all uh, most of them $10,000 over asking price and when I had to call those agents, the other five agents, and tell them that, that they lost out on the house, it, was, it wasn't a good feeling. It wasn't fun calling someone. And when you know that they put everything out there, they did everything that they could do to get this house and, and still couldn't get it. It's Yeah, Glenn, and, and I have a, a really quick story to share with you about that. So I've been working with one particular set of buyers, and we finally got them under contract last weekend. And... We all have those clients, I think, in our heart and in our minds that stick out as special. And this couple to me is very special. I just, I've enjoyed working with them from day one. We were beat out on four houses before they got their last offer, which was their fifth offer accepted. Um, and just as you were saying, you know, on a listing side, you know, you, you take that kind of hard that you have to call those agents and tell them. Well, it's hard on the clients, but it's also hard on you as the agent because, you know, they look to you for guidance. They're asking you and you're giving them everything that you can give them. I know with with my clients, I spent hours re researching, making sure that the offer that we were making was a good one, um, you know, and every single time having to go back to them, letting them know that they got beat was really difficult but that's my job as a real estate agent is I'm, I'm supposed to communicate to them immediately, which I did every time. Um, 
And one of the deals, uh, Glenn, it was, it was just crazy to me. We show up at the house. It's like pandemonium. There's buyers, agents everywhere. You can't even get in the house when you show up. You have to wait because there's so many people seeing it. And I think on this house, I think that there was like something like 10, 11 offers. And, you know, it's how do, how do you, you know, where do you even start to put together an <laughs> offer to make it stand out? You just do everything that you can and cross your fingers and hope for the best, honestly. Right. And that, it, you know, that's where it's so important in this market, especially as a buyer's agent, to have those conversations with your buyer up front really know the details of their financing and what they can do and what they can't do, having discussions with their lender, um, you know, because it's not always purchase price. Sometimes it's uh, maybe we'll, and I know you've used this, uh, we're going to have inspections, but, you know, anything under $500 we're not going to ask for, or maybe it's, maybe your buyer has the cash that they can come up with. So if the home appraises under what they've offered, maybe they can bring $5,000 cash or whatever to make up the difference. And there are a lot of, a lot of agents out there writing those type of offers, but I feel like some of them aren't really verifying or qualifying their, their client's ability to actually follow through on that. Mm -hmm. Um, there are agents out there writing non-contingent offers and then you get two or three weeks into the contract and you find out eh, it kind of really is contingent. Right. <laughs> um, so to be able to navigate all of that, and, and I know you do a great job of it. You do a great job of educating your clients up front, having those types of conversations. This isn't really a market, although it's a fast paced market and, and buyers really expect you to move quickly and they want to, they want you to be there when, when the house goes up and you know, they're, they're, it's tempting to not have an initial buyer's consult, having a, have a meeting with your clients. You, it, it's tempting just to show up at the house and start showing them properties, but it's really detrimental to both parties. If, if you're not able to do that and kind of go the extra step in qualifying those, those clients, because in the end, it's only going to hurt them. Yeah. And, you know, Glenn, every, well, I, I, I would like to with every single client. Now, it's not possible, of course, because of the pandemic. People are not comfortable with, um, you know, they're not comfortable with, um, you know, face meeting, to face meetings, meeting face to face in the beginning. But I try to sit down and have a full consultation with my client. And it's not just, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. It's let's really talk about the market. And with this particular couple I was talking about, we did this and we actually went through a number of different things um, and really prepared ourselves. Fortunately, in this situation, my buyers are in finance. Uh, one is on the mortgage side. One is in uh, bank management, bank operations. So they have the understanding and the knowledge of how the loan piece of it works and the finances work, which is great. That's half the battle right there for me that I don't have to explain, but helping them understand what could happen, what we need to prepare ourselves for financially. Where are you? And, you know, Glenn, being a, being an agent, you know, we take our clients fiduciary, you know, our fiduciary duties to our clients very seriously and one of the things that I take really seriously is if we sat down and we have a conversation about money, 
that's going to be in the back of my mind the entire time. So I'm not going to overstep those bounds just to get you a house. That's not my goal. My goal is to take everything step by step. The other thing too is, and if, and if you're an agent listening to this, I'm going to give you a really big piece of advice before you write anything in a contract, have a conversation with your broker. Um, it's, you know, legally you need to make sure that you're not adding verbiage to a contract that is going to do something to hurt you or your client and everything that I went through contract wise that I've either thought about writing into a contract or actually wrote into a contract. I cleared that with our brokerage first to make sure that the verbiage is actually what I should use. Um, and you know, Glenn, I hope that helps somebody out there agent wise, because that is one of the heaviest things that weighs on my shoulders is making sure that I'm legally taking care of myself and my clients. Right. That's a great piece of advice. I mean, there's a reason that we have standard contract forms. We're, we're not attorneys and yes, we do have to get created, get creative sometimes and, and add a few things here and there. But as far as I'm concerned, my philosophy with writing contracts, the less you have to put in that contract, the better, the simpler, the better. Absolutely. And they're written in a way that they protect the buyer. So, the, the purpose is, is for you to move through the process, be able to protect yourselves as a buyer, knowing what you're buying. You have time to do your, to do your due diligence, to make sure it's a good house. You're paying a fair price for it. All of those things. And even though Glenn, we're in a competitive market, that's still a part of the process. So I'm not going to write something into a contract that's going to in turn put my buyer in a really uncomfortable position and not let them be able to, you know, make a different decision or move a different way if they need to. Right. And I'm going to give a piece of advice to new agents and well, maybe they, maybe not even new agents, agents in general. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and let's be honest here. Um, sometimes the terms of the contract can be all other things are equal. You know, let's just say you're a listing agent and you have several offers and you're sitting down with your client and the terms on each offer are pretty close. And sometimes the determining factor is the agent's past experience working with the, the other agents. And no, the agent can't make that decision on behalf of the buyer, but the agent, you know, can counsel a buyer in, in certain directions. And, you know, I've been told a few times, in the past that, Hey, your offer won out. It wasn't necessarily the best offer, but we prefer to work with you than the other agent because we worked with you in the past. We know you're professional. We know you're reasonable and we work well together. So I can't emphasize that enough. Don't be a dick. Yep. And it's in, as a new agent, I have been extremely gracious to every agent that I've worked with. You know, it's my philosophy. If, if I work with someone else, I want to be treated the way that I treat them or vice versa. And fortunately, Glenn, for me, the agents I've worked with so far have been fantastic. I've had no issues. Um, but just as you said, don't be, don't be, you could say it, don't be a dick. Don't, <laughs> don't treat people. Don't treat people in a way that makes the deal uncomfortable. We all have the same goal to get the deal to the finish line. And when you're in that place, and you're, you're really trying to work the best that you can for your client. When you have someone else who's in a different mindset or a different focus, 
it's not going to turn out good for anyone involved. And that's where Glenn, you know, I know I've had a lot of success. I keep my clients happy. I keep the, you know, the other agent happy. I try to make sure I communicate and over communicate every step of the process. So there's nowhere for someone to feel like they don't know something, you know? Yeah. And let's be clear here. Um, we're in no means, you know, saying that it's more important to be friendly or have a great relationship with a cross agent than it is to represent your clients. You can do both. You yes. can, you can fight like a, a tiger for your client and represent their best interest while still being courteous, being professional and being reasonable to the other side. And that makes a huge difference. And I've always, you know, people have always said, Oh, you're so nice. You think everybody's nice. I do. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. However, I'm also too, you know, if you go to cross over into that area where my client, you know, you're doing something against my client, then that's when, you'll see a different side of John that shows up that not a lot of people see, but, but it's there. And you know, for me, it's, I don't like to go there unless I absolutely have to. And that's where it comes back to. Don't be a dick. Don't be somebody who's going to, you know, cause another agent to have to be in a place to where they, they turn into that person. My client always comes first. I'm always thinking about them, but at the end of the day, I want to be kind to everyone in the process because again, we all have the same goal to get the deal to the finish line. And the more that we work together and the more that we figure things out, the faster that deal and the easier that deal can get to the finish line. Absolutely. A successful negotiation is when everyone feels like they won. And that's our, that's, that's our job. Ultimately it comes down to that. So we're going to wrap this up. This is kind of a, a, a shorter episode, but I got to ask you what, What's the biggest surprise, if if there is one, that you have experienced in the business since you since you've started? Is there anything that you didn't expect, or that you did expect and didn't didn't materialize, or what, what's your overall uh, thoughts on that? You know, it's not really a surprise, Glenn. I think for me, I think it's more of, I think what's kind of blown me away more than anything else is how natural of a process that's been for me personally. Um, it's, you know, I've stepped into it. I, you know, pretty much right out of the gate started gaining clients and started working deals. And, you know, I feel like school prepared me enough to legally understand everything in a way to where when I get to a point in something, then I stop, I have a conversation. I think, you know, it, it's, you know, I commend our brokerage, uh, Schuler Vauer and our, and our training uh, team there who really focus on helping us be the best agents that we can be, but also to being protected and safe that, you know, we're not doing something legally that's going to harm anybody. But I, w I would say that that's, you know, Glenn, that's the biggest thing for me is it's, it's just been, it's been really natural. I haven't felt like anything that I've done has been forced, which I don't know. It kind of says, says a lot about, I think everything, I think the people in my life, you know, I think my business mindset, my communication skills, all of the things that I've put into place, you know, for the last 15 years working in corporate America, I think it's prepared me to step into this and it be naturally easy. Agreed. I've been watching you and, and I would agree 100%. You would never know that that you're less than a year into the business. And, uh, I think that's a, that's a great, uh, attribute to have. So we're going to wrap this up. Anything 
any parting shots, final words, no. advice to to buyers or or buyers agents, anybody out there who may be listening to uh, navigate this crazy market? I, I you know for me, just buckle your seatbelt, make sure you're educated, ready to go. Um, and from you know my perspective, if you are in the need, if you're looking for a house, give me a call. Absolutely. Give John a call. John Worley. Spell it for him, John. It's uh, W-O-H-R-L-E. <laughs> Check him out. He's on all the all the social media, John Worley at SchulerBauer.com. You can check me out, same place, Glenn Hawkersmith at SchulerBauer.com. Give us a like, subscribe to the podcast, check out my YouTube channel. This one's not going to be on YouTube, but go check out the other podcasts there. Subscribe to that. We thank you for listening. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.